0: has just adjourned for the day after a second day of emotional testimony from Murdoch himself. Two full days of intense questioning Murdoch at times
1: becoming visibly agitated, especially after the prosecution admit attempted to poke holes in his alibi after he admitted to lying to investigators about where he was the night of the murders. Senior national correspondent Brian Inton joins us live. Brian, the prosecution zeroed
0: in on that four-minute period of time after the murders.
2: Yeah, what a day it was, Nicole. Uh, Attorney Alex Murdoch back on the stand once again, really zeroing in on the timeline and the discrepancies. And for the first time, and this was really interesting, for the very first time, Alec Murdoch said what he thinks actually happened to his wife and son. For the second day, prosecutors cross examined Alec Murdoch in the double murder case of Paul and Maddie Murdoch. Today, there were no explosive admissions that he lied to investigators, no gotcha moments. Instead, prosecutors seemed to hammer away at inconsistencies in Murdoch's memory. What you're
3: saying is not accurate. You're saying that you didn't say
4: very specifically to law enforcement that you went to them prior to calling
2: 911.
3: If I did say that, I I, I don't believe that's accurate.
2: At times, the seasoned lawyer himself objecting to ways the prosecutor was painting him to the jury, leading to testy exchanges. I'm not claiming that, Mr. Waters, that's a fact, is what happened.
4: All right, We're we're hearing that now, correct?
2: Hearing what now?
3: What you just said.
2: Well, you just asked me this. The prosecution repeatedly reminded the jurors of Murdoch's financial victims and his addiction to pills. My whole life,
3: you wouldn't see me where i didn't have pills on me and and I, that's where i kept them i kept them on me cuz i i was scared to put them somewhere for fear somebody would find them so i kept them on me so if you saw me i had pills on me i had a pocket full of pills on june the 8th on june the 8th when when
2: i was sitting in in uh, David Owen's patrol car. And then asking the defendant about the missing four minutes. Murdoch saying he was resting on the couch while Maggie and Paul were still at the kennels. His phone showing Murdoch took nearly 300 steps.
3: Not only are you moving around a lot, but you're making a ton of phone calls. And I never manufactured any alibi in any way, shape, or form because I did not and would not hurt my wife and
2: my child.: At one point today, the prosecutor goading Murdoch into giving another stunning admission, like he did on the stand yesterday.: I don't mean Any more about your decision to lie. I mean, I, I just want to get it all out now.: And then a very interesting moment when Murdoch said he knew who committed the murders. Believing the murderer or murderers stemmed from the 2019 boat accident trial involving his son Paul.:
3: I can tell you that at that time, and as I sit here today, that I believe that boat wreck is the reason why Paul Paul and Maggie were killed. Okay. And I'm certain,
4: I believe that. It was random vigilantes, the 5-2 vigilantes, huh?
3: No, what I believe, Mr. Waters, is I believe that when Paul was charged criminally, there were so many leaks, and when I tell you the social media response that came from that was vile, the things that were said about what they would do to papa they were so over the top that nobody would believe anybody would get on social media and do that but i believe then and i believe today that the wrong person the wrong person saw and read that because okay. i can tell you for a fact The person or people who did what I saw on June the 7th, they hated Paul Murdoch and they had anger in their heart.
2: And that was really something. That was the first time that he has talked about who he thinks could be responsible for the murders. Yesterday was actually the fourth anniversary of that boating accident uh, that he was referring to there. Court is now done for the day. It will resume bright and early Monday morning. Closing arguments likely will begin uh, at the beginning of next week. Nicole?
0: Yeah, so much to digest here. All right, Brian, thank you for that.
1: Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst, your go-to true crime podcast for expert analysis and deconstruction of cases. And yes, I'm switching up that intro just a little bit to keep you all on your toes. And as you know, all of my work on Crime Analyst, and with everything I do, I aim to ensure the victims are not footnotes in their own murders or cases. We really need to hear and centre victims and their voices, particularly in this case, where three people were up at the kennels at Moselle on June the 7th, 2021, and only one left there alive. And it's his voice we keep hearing. And he may sound convincing to some, but... My behavioural analysis and tech and the data, more importantly, tell a very different story. And Paul's phone was instrumental in catching Murdoch in a lie, one of the most significant lies of all. Maggie and Paul were shot dead within minutes of them being heard on a video taken by Paul. And Murdoch's voice was heard on that video too. And let's just take a moment to think about that to think about the fact that Murdoch, when asked many, many times, said that he didn't see Maggie or Paul as he was napping, and then he was at his mother's house, and then he discovered their bodies, according to his account, at just after 10 o'clock, and that's when he called 911. Well, in the next few episodes, I'll be highlighting the micro-timeline and sequence of events of the Murdoch family on the day and the night of the murders. Now, the timeline is the cornerstone of an investigation. And what jumped out at me immediately from Murdoch's three interviews with SLED was how actively evasive he was about time. When you think about it, it's quite a feat to recount events across a day and night leading up to a double homicide of your loved ones and not reference time once, and actively avoid a timestamp or reference on each occasion that you're asked it's really quite something. You have to make an effort to consciously not mention time. That's why Murdoch started a number of sentences and then stopped and then restated things. That was a significant pattern that I identified. And yes, that was Murdoch talking at the trial in the clip at the top of the episode. He said he knew for a fact the person who killed Poor Poor hated him and had anger in their heart. Now I believe that to be a true statement. That the person who pulled the trigger over and over again had anger and hate in his heart for what Paul had done, creating all the problems that Murdoch was facing, for the unravelling of all the financial problems and putting the spotlight on Murdoch and his financial information and his behaviour. I believe this was a family annihilation by an entitled man exerting his will a man who was intent on taking control. I believe Murdoch thought that it was his right to do so. And I'm going to explain more. It's also interesting to me how he called Paul Pawpaw and used a nickname throughout his evidence, and yet we didn't hear him once use the nickname poor" across the three interviews with police. Now, as a crime analyst, I'm constantly comparing and analysing, looking for consistencies and inconsistencies and patterns, And of course, I'll be breaking down the highlights from his testimony and comparing it with his previous interviews and what we know from tech and data. Returning to the data, interestingly, some of the calls Murdoch made and received leading up to the murders were missing when his data was extracted from his phone on June the 10th. Remember that happened just before the start of the June 10th interview with sled, when Murdoch was back in the car, this time with his lawyer Jim Griffin in the back seat. Could it possibly be that as a prosecutor and lawyer, he knew how important time and the data were in cases? Now, I throw that question out rhetorically, but I believe that to be true. And you're going to hear much more about this because I'm going to get very granular, as granular as it gets with analysis. I'm going to get into the timeline based on the cell phones, GPS and phone records to tell the story of the movements of the Murdoch family on the night of the murders. This is where the rubber hits the road with analysis. Crime analysts eat this stuff up. It's their bread and butter, creating the sequence of events and the timeline. And I'll say it again, the devil is always in the detail. And in this case, it's all about the timeline, behaviour and tech and data. And I don't believe it to be a coincidence that these are exactly the things that Murdoch tried to avoid. Hmm, funny that. There's a lot of data to make sense of in this case. And there's an 88-page report that was produced by Special Agent Peter Rudovsky that I recommend that you read, and I put a link to it in the show notes. And you're going to hear Special Agent Peter Rudovsky give his testimony to the court detailing key aspects of the timeline for yourself. I think it's important that you hear him. And just to say that this was his first time testifying, and I think he did an excellent job. Okay, let's dive in. And just before we do... Here's your usual health warning. Listener discretion is advised. And to those of you who are listening, your undivided attention is required. Interestingly, on June the 7th, both Maggie and Paul spent their last day alive, caring for others. Maggie's day was entirely focused on Murdoch starting at 7am, with a text to their housekeeper, Blanca, to ensure that Murdoch had his favourite Capri Sun flavour, despite not living with him at the time. At 1.44pm and 22 seconds, Murdoch received a group text from John Marvin Murdoch stating, Daddy is being checked back into the hospital in Savannah now. Doctor thinks that his issue is pneumonia and that radiation is not the treatment needed. He will do some tests to confirm. Hopefully it is pneumonia and not cancer causing the breathing issues. Can someone make arrangements to pack a bag with some shorts, underwear, shirts, etc. Also toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, etc. I'll let you all know when he's admitted. At 3.28pm, Murdoch's housekeeper Blanca finishes cooking dinner for Murdoch, Maggie and Paul at Moselle. She texts Maggie, who's in the Charleston area. Dinner's on the stove, just left. At 3.31pm and 16 seconds, Murdoch responds to the group chat, Talk later, question mark. At 3.40pm, Maggie texts Blanca, Thank you. So, we know that Blanca also knew that Maggie and Paul would be at Moselle that evening. At 3.41pm, Murdoch places a FaceTime call to Maggie. It goes unanswered. A sled agent testifies that the record of the call is later manually deleted from Murdoch's phone. Now you'll hear more about that momentarily. At 3.53pm and 42 seconds, Murdoch receives an iMessage from Blanca stating, Thank you, Alec. Your dinner is ready. It's on the stove. At 3.55pm, Maggie texts Blanca, I'm waiting at doctor. Alec wants me to come home. I have to leave door open at a disto. I trust Mexicans to shut and lock for me. His dad is back in hospital. No cancer. It's pneumonia. At 3.57pm, Murdoch texts Maggie, How's your doctor appointment? Maggie responds, waiting as usual. At 3.57pm and 16 seconds, Maggie sends a text message to Blanca stating, His dad is back in hospital. The last doctor claims, not cancer. It's pneumonia. Alec is about to die. Hope he doesn't go down there to sleep. Alec needs to take care of himself as well. Maggie then I messages Murdoch stating, I'll be home to see you in a few hours. At 4.02 and 50 seconds, Murdoch receives a group text message from Michael Gunn stating, Lena in middle, and the fire emoji. A photo was attached of three young women clad in skimpy bikinis lying out in the sun. At 4.03 and 14 seconds, Maggie receives a text message from Blanca stating, Yes, he does. He told me he was tired when he left. I hope they can treat Mr Randolph, at least to make him comfortable. At 4.06pm and 11 seconds, Murdoch messages the group chat. You old dog, where is Lena now? Now, there are many more texts and calls by Maggie to Blanca and the family, including Buster and Mum, and more group text messages about Randolph and that he can be visited on rotation, but only one person at a time. What's noticeable to me is that whilst Maggie is worried about her husband and father-in-law and everyone is worried about Randolph, the only person who's not engaging is Murdoch. Remember that whole spiel that Murdoch gave to Sled in his first interview when he was asked what led him out there that night? And then he blathered on about how worried he was about his parents and their ill health and how he looked after them and how Maggie was fooling around with the dogs. Well, that isn't reflected here in the data. Now, you see, he's more interested in bantering back and forth with his bro-mates about Lena in the bikini. Also, in the last hour of his life, Paul was focused on a hurt dog named Cash. He was talking with his friend Rogan Gibson and trying to figure out what was wrong with the dog when the conversation abruptly ended. You've heard me talk about that before, and this is worth noting when considering Paul's character and personality – You see, I previously said that his evil twin came out when he drank, and I posed the question about why. Why did he drink excessively? What was he trying to escape from? Well, peeling back the layers of the family dynamics and Paul's knowledge of his father's drug habit is becoming clearer why he may have wanted to escape. But there were moments where he thought about others. Before 4pm, Roger Dale Davis arrives at Moselle to feed the dogs, chickens and clean the dog pens, He said no one else was at the property when he arrived and nothing was out of place. At 4.06pm, Maggie texts Blanca, in reference to the ailing Randolph Murdoch, I'm scared for him and Alec and all of us. Blanca texts Maggie, I know, just pray about it. Just pray about it and hope he gets a little better. Alec and you really need to relax. Always being on the go with little to no sleep is not healthy. I have a doctor's appointment in the morning in Buford, if I go to Moselle, I will let you know. 4.10 to 6.25pm, Murdoch's phone places him at the PMPED law firm in Hampton. 4.25 to 7.05pm, Maggie's phone places her in the West Ashley area near Charleston. 4.30pm, Roger Dale Davis leaves Moselle after caring for the dogs and chickens. 4.35pm, Murdoch places a FaceTime to Maggie. It goes unanswered. A SLED agent testifies that the record of the call is later manually deleted from Murdoch's phone. More on that very soon. 5.30 to 6.09pm, Paul's phone places him in Ockarty. OK, so now I want to pivot and focus on the timeline from 6pm onwards, and you'll learn that all the Murdochs were prolific phone users. Next, you're going to hear SLED's agent Radovsky, who explained this complex and detailed timeline to the jury. Opening page... (laughs)
4: And this is the Contents Five Nineteen. is that correct, up on the that, screen? That is correct. All right, and has your name on it, correct? That's correct. All right, and then we have a reference guide right here, and if you would just uh, explain just some of the uh, various sources of information that have been admitted before this jury that uh, you ultimately synthesize into this summary timeline.
0: Okay, what we have here is we're going to have um, Cell phone phone uh, cell bright extraction report. It's going to be for Paul Murda. Which, as you go through this timeline, PM is going to refer to Paul Murda. We're going to have AM, which is going to be Alex Murda's cell phone extraction, and then MM, which is going to be Maggie Murda. So anytime you see the abbreviations, that's what's going to refer to. We have um, their their cell phone extractions here. We also have the FBI telemetry report. We have the FBI cast data. We also have different, um, different uh, reports from the phones, like the Axiom reports. We have an ALPR report in here, which is actually probably not in this, the condensed one. That's going to be automated license plate reader data for Maggie Murda's, um Mercedes. We're also going to have some Snapchat data and then data from Rogan Gibson, Paul Murda, Alex Murda, Maggie Murda, and Buster Murdaugh's CDRs, which is the call data records from Verizon
4: pause you real quick. So we have extractions. Mm-hmm. Tell the difference to the jury, and I don't mean to point out I'm with the stick, uh, uh, between uh, an extraction and then CDRs or cell data records, please.
0: So the extraction is going to be what, like, Britt Dove testified, what he actually extract out of the phone. And then the CDRs is going to be what Verizon testified, which is going to be their records of phone calls mm-hmm. and text messages. So two separate um, data sources from two separate entities.
4: All right, and continue on, please, with the remainder of the data in your summary timeline.
0: We have referenced here a couple different, like, Knowledge C database. That's that's kind of like the Axiom database. It's just another database that, was you know, records were provided to me from. We also have a PMPED building access log. And then um, in the, the big timeline, we have the 911 recordings. And then just want to point out a Dylan Hightower extraction. That would have been the first phone extraction of Alex's phone two days after the 7th. And then we have the GM OnStar data.
4: Okay. All right, and then down at the bottom here, we have some uh, color-coded things on the left of the screen and then a box on the right. So quickly, uh, explain to the jury uh, what those uh, reference points mean, please.
0: On the right of the screen, you're going to see the 2021 Suburban log file excerpt. Um, Farkowski from FBI had that, Excel sheet with all the different colors and everything. This is going to be a uh, reference guide, so when you're going through this, what the colors actually mean on the data.
4: Give an example
0: what you mean by that. So you're going to see kind of that that reddish, pinkish color. That's going to mean that the infotainment center is booting up. So when we go through this timeline, you're going to see that data section highlighted with that color. That's what you'll know is happening with the data. If you see pink, it's going to be a propulsion. When you see blue, It means that it's either in and out of park, and that's kind of just how we're gonna be reading it as we go along the timeline.
4: All right, and then these addresses have colors over here, uh, and just, we don't have to go through every one, but the first one, that red one, what one is that?
0: 4147 Moselle Road. All
4: right, so if we see that little red box with an arrow on it, that's Moselle on the map? That is correct. And then uh, the green is what?
0: It's gonna be um, Almeda, the Almeda property.
4: We'll talk about the others as we go through. All right all right let's start moving through it. Just give me one second. All right uh, starting at, all right so this timeline this condensed timeline begins roughly when
0: around 6 p.m.
4: All right, on what day?
0: Uh, June seventh, two
4: 2021. All right, and uh, let's start at 6.04, and I want to move through this expeditiously, and we'll stop and, and uh, talk about some specific entries as we go through, okay? Okay. All right, and uh, so starting there at 6.04, uh, does Paul Murdoch have any phone activity?
0: He does. He calls Will Loving. As you can see in the parentheses, it's going to say PM extraction. That means it was pulled off of Paul Murdoch's phone extraction, just for reference.
4: All right, and uh, Will Loving, that's the individual that testified weeks ago? That is correct. And uh, 608, uh, what activity we see on Paul's phone?
0: He makes an outgoing call to dad, which is identified as Alex Murdoch. It shows answered, but um, one second long.
4: All right, and what was the source of that information?
0: That was from Paul Murdoch's phone extraction. It does not show up in um, Alex Murdoch's original logical dump or... The second one from Britt Dove, but it does show up on his CDRs from Verizon. So that would be the records that Verizon actually keeps for the phone.
4: All right. And can a user of a phone affect the uh, the CDRs that are with the Verizon phone company? They cannot, no. But can the user affect what data remains on their phone? Yes. And frequently throughout this timeline, do we see instances in which there was a call logged on the CD on Alec Murdoch's CDRs but was missing from his phone from the extraction?
0: That is correct.
4: Don't leave the witness. All right. Uh, can you explain uh, any difference between the CDRs as it relates to Alec Murdoch's phone and uh, what whether or not there's any missing call logs on the extraction from this phone.
0: As we go through this extraction, you're gonna see that multiple instances we're gonna have calls showing on Alex Murdoch's CDRs that are not that we could not find on the logical extraction or the Brit Dove full extraction of Alex's phone. And that's gonna be notated on the bottom if we if it was not in the extraction
4: all right uh 609 uh, 48 do we have any communications uh on maggie's phone
0: this is going to be a i iMessage from maggie murdaugh to paul murdaugh stating you okay getting little foot massage then i'm heading home and that was obtained from maggie murdaugh and paul murdaugh's extract phone extractions
4: at six ten oh one, going to the bottom of uh, this page, that being page number two, uh, is there a another message from Maggie to Paul Murdoch?
0: This is also going to be a message to Paul stating, love you and Blanca cooked you dinner. Right.
4: Moving on to page three. And what does this reflect right here? This is going to be
0: from FBI agent Matt Wild. This is going to be from his report. This is for Paul Murdoch. You're going to identify that in the right-hand corner where it says Paul. Just for reference, anytime you see a map, if... Look on the right-hand corner is going to tell you whose map that is for all right
4: and uh, just generally remind the jury what this uh, map uh, reflects please
0: this is just showing generally where the cell towers are located and where the area whenever um, like a phone call or text message where it was pinning during that time for Paul
4: and these little uh, red things right here with the angles on it what are those reflect
0: that's going to be where the cell tower is and what angle the call would originated or you know take place from
4: all right and down at the bottom what's the first time recorded for paul's cell phone as it pings on these cell towers
0: it's going to be six seventeen forty two.
4: And can you describe to the jury generally uh where these cell towers reflect paul's phone is moving
0: so it'd be um the beaufort area down the right hand side moving up towards moselle which you can see in the far right corner that little um badge looking red dot
4: all right. Up here at the top center, what is that right there? That's going to be an arc. It's just a distance arc. But the red dot, what is that?
0: The red dot, that's going to be 4147 Moselle Road. All
4: right. And uh, <laughs> what times does Paul's phone uh, ping off any cell tower near Moselle?
0: Um, 6.53 p.m., 7.05 and 7.30. 05.
4: All right, and we see a 3 right there is that for or does it, what does that 3 refer to as it relates to that cell tower location near Moselle.
0: It's just going to show you what side of the the cell tower it's on what arc.
4: And what time does it first ping on uh on sector 1 facing Moselle.
0: 7:05 33
1: p.m. Hey, lovely. What's your makeup go-to? What do you need to face the day? Now for me, if I apply my eyeliner, my brilliant eye brightener, mascara and red lipstick, I feel ready to face anything. But I know every now and again, I need to zhuzh up my makeup. And my amazing sponsor, Thrive Cosmetics, has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. With clean, skin-loving ingredients, their foolproof products make it easy for any skill level to apply. Also, Thrive Cosmetics' Bigger Than Beauty mission is amazing. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. I love that Thrive Cosmetics supports domestic violence victims, breast cancer survivors and women who are homeless. Now, if you want to wreck from me, you cannot go wrong with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara has a unique formula, which creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. And they use nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. Plus, it's super easy to remove and slides right off with warm water and doesn't leave smudges. So treat yourself or someone you love and help women thrive together. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics Luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash That's thrivecosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash crime analyst for 10% off your first order.
4: Calling all lovers of mystery. Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. All right, moving to uh, continue on page three. Um, we have a time reference at six twenty fifty three. Can you explain to the jury what if anything that indicates?
0: We have Maggie Murdoch. She received a phone call from Proctor Marion. That's how it showed up in her phone. Um through the phone number it's actually Marion Proctor. That's just how it relays on the phone. It shows rejected. All
4: right. And uh, after that, what if any communications were there? Um right after that at
0: six twenty-one twenty-eight, 28, Maggie Murdoch sends a text message to Marion stating, can't talk getting a food massage, we'll call you back. That was from her phone extraction.
4: Moving on to six twenty-three, are there any communications with Maggie and Paul?
0: Um there are. Paul sends a message to his mom at six twenty-three twenty-seven. 27. Uh, stating what did she make, and then Maggie replies back shortly after saying country fried steak and mac and cheese.
4: Below that, we have an orange and blue box. What does that represent?
0: So this is going to be from the FBI telemetry data from that cell spreadsheet that's ready into evidence, and this is just showing with that color coordination I talked about earlier. The orange is going to show a system startup, and from previous testimony, that could be you know unlocking a car, locking it, getting in close range with the key fob, opening up the rear hatch, just something that makes, you know, when you get in your car, you kind of hear that that noise before you started up the telemetry. It's just inner workings, you know, anything could really cause it.
4: Well, I'm asking you, going back to that, map, the incident location at Moselle where Paul and Maggie were found murdered, what county is that in?
0: That's going to County. And then if you look, you know, we have the pink, which is going to kind of show propulsion. And then blue, which is going to show some kind of shift in the vehicle transmission. All right, down to the bottom, 624. What is that? 624. Two, that's that shows from the FBI report, telemetry report that um, the suburban shows a device connection.
4: That would Number be Alec Murdoch's phone. That'd be correct. Moving on to uh, 6.24 p.m., uh, is there any data points as it relates to the defendant's suburban? It is.
0: We have one at 6.24.18 um, around the PMPED law firm.
4: All right. And what time is that? 6.24? 6.24.18, correct. All right. And that map there, is that uh, a data point from the CAS data that you just explained to the jury?
0: That is correct.
4: Moving down, we have some various uh, messages from, uh, from some of the individuals. Is that right? We do.
0: Okay. We have um, Alex Murdoch receiving a phone call from Jay Parker at 625. 627, Paul is uh, sending a message to Britt saying maybe Saturday. He uh, calls Robert Boyle shortly after. And then at
4: 838 p.m., Rogan calls Marian Dempsey. And to your recollection, uh, what is uh, and Dempsey to Rogan at this period of time? I a uh, girlfriend currently at the time. All right, moving on to page five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this uh, map represent? When, who is this from, this map?
0: This is going to be from Matt Wilde from the FBI. This is directly from his report.
4: And what uh, phone does this uh, map reflect? Top right, it's going to say Alex Murdoch with associated cell phone. All right, and then there's a box below that. Explain to the jury again what that box represents.
0: So the box below, that's going to represent all the times that the pings were logged that um, Matt Wild actually put in the report.
4: And then the black circle with the angle in the middle, what is
0: that? That's going to show you the cell tower and then the the kind of angle that the calls or texts would have been in.
4: And what property is in the, the sector of that cell tower?
0: 4147 Moselle Road. And it's that- identified by that red badge looking dot.
4: All right. On here, this, this box with the times, those are times of what again?
0: This would have been times of activity um, that it that would send to a cell tower that they would have data on.
4: In the 6 o'clock hour, what is the latest time period that you see out of Murdoch's phone reflecting activity?
0: Uh, 6.52 p.m.,
4: And then after that, what's the next time period that you've seen reflecting activity? The next time
0: showing on the map is going to be 9.04, 24 p.m.
4: Does the defendant's cell phone reflect any activity between 6.52 and 9.04?
0: Between 6.52 and 9.04, there's no activity reflected.
4: At least on the the cell pinging. That is correct. All right, at six forty o one, what activity, if any, is reflected?
0: Um, Paul calls. And it's going to show up as PA in the extraction, which is Alex Murdaugh, based on the phone number. It shows it was answered. It was two minutes and twenty nine seconds long. This call also does not show up in the phone extractions for Alex Murdaugh, just what on his it, CDRs. It was in
4: the defendant's CDRs. That is correct.
0: All right. And it was also, in, it was also in Paul's phone. It shows the phone call.
4: Uh, 642 and uh, what is what if anything's reflected
0: we have a, a suburban device connection to iphone from the fbi report at 6:42:48 and at 6:42:54, 54 um, we show the suburban arrives at 4147 moselle road based on the gm on star data
4: all right and going on to page six is that the uh your cast map reflecting that data point you just described.
0: That is correct. It's gonna be the six forty two fifty four data point. And what happens at that moment? That's when Alex Murdaugh is gonna arrive back from the and P- P- PMPED law firm
4: that from work that day. All right, moving on. Six forty three fifty. What if any activity do you see?
0: It shows that Maggie Murdaugh's phone uh, had a missed call from PA, which is Alex Murdaugh. It, mi- it shows missed, but also um, it shows up in Alex Murdaugh's CDRs, but does not show up in either one of the phone extractions. All
4: right. And moving on, uh, we have a, a couple of the orange and white boxes. Tell the jury again what those reflect.
0: So these are just going to reflect some kind of system boot up. Doesn't mean the car moved or did anything just means that door was opened it it just something triggered the car to kind of do a little internal boot up from previous
4: testimony at 6 53 44 what if any activity do you see Um, Paul Murdoch calls John Marvin
0: it shows a minute and 42 seconds long and that's based off of Paul's phone extraction
4: So your understanding, when you see those times of the call links, does that also include connection time as well?
0: It does. Based on previous testimony from Verizon, that could include um, how long it takes to to get the actual network connected.
4: All right. And then at the uh, 7 o'clock hour, what if any communications are on Paul's phone?
0: So Paul sends a text message to um, Claude C.B. Rowe saying, are you coming tomorrow? And then shortly after, he sends another text saying, sunflowers died, we need to plow them under ASAP. That was uh, based off his phone extraction.
4: Moving on now to page (coughs) 7. Do we have uh, some activity at 7.02.29? We do. Maggie Murdaugh calls Alex
0: Murdaugh. It shows two seconds, um, and this, this also does not show on Alex Murdaugh's Extraction, it shows on the CDRs, and it also shows on Maggie's phone that Maggie called Alex, but does not show on Alex's phone that that call was there.
4: Missing from his phone, though, correct? That is correct.
0: Missing in the call log of the phone.
4: All right, 703 to 711, Uh, what if anything is reflected on Alex's phone?
0: His phone's showing approximately 165 steps taken during that time frame.
4: And then what happens at 704?
0: 704, um, through the Catch Data database, it shows that um, Paul
4: Murdaugh is at the residence of 4147 Moselle Road. Uh, does Maggie's uh, phone reflect any activity as we move on to the 704
0: time period? Um, her phone showed that between 704 and 817, her um, phone was uh, showed a Bluetooth connection to MBUX 95224, which is her Mercedes-Benz.
4: And uh, so anytime we see MBUX95224, what, if anything, does that represent? That's going to reflect for Mercedes-Benz. MB for Mercedes-Benz? That is correct. All right. Uh, moving on, at 7.05, does Maggie call anyone?
0: She does. Um, she calls Marion at 7.05.13. It shows answered seven seconds.
4: At 7.05.55, uh, is there any reflection of the communication between Alec and Maggie Moreau? There
0: is. Al- Alec sends a message to, um, in his phone, it's Maggie May. Stating, Paul said you were getting a petty. Call when call when you done. That's from the Alex, uh, that's from the extraction.
4: All right. uh, moving on, do we have any communications between Maggie and Paul during this time period? At
0: 7.05.32, we have Maggie calling Paul. It shows answered a minute and 31 seconds.
4: And then does Maggie attempt to call Marion again? Uh, that's correct. And I'm sorry, I'm... That would be at the bottom of the screen. Yep, that would right be the
0: seven hundred seven forty nine. Maggie Murdoch calls Marion. And when it says Marion, it's Marion Proctor.
4: All right, moving on to page 8, we have another map. Can you generally explain what this represents to the jury, please? So
0: the top uh, right-hand corner, we have Maggie Murdoch with the associated phone number. We have two points, 4147 Moselle Road in the red, and the green is going to be the Almeida property. When you're looking at this map, number one's gonna be closer to Charleston, and it's working its way, Maggie is working her way towards Moselle in this map.
4: All right, and the first time period you see on uh, dot number, that's numbered one? It's gonna be 7.07.49 PM. And the latest time period you see on the dot that's numbered five? That is correct, that's gonna be in the Walterboro area. It's
0: gonna be 7.50. 750 oh, 20 is going to be the latest dot, and that's in the Walterboro area.
4: All right, moving on. Uh, looking down at 709 43, what if any activity do we see on Maggie's phone?
0: Maggie calls her mom and shows
4: answered eight minutes and 17 seconds long. Would that be Ms. Branstetter? That is correct. Uh, we have an orange box. Tell the jury that quickly, please.
0: So that's just showing a system boot up. Could have been getting close to the suburban, unlocking it, locking it, opening up a door, or it could just be some kind of internal components based on previous testimony from the All FBI. Right.
4: Uh, after that, we have two entries. Can you tell the jury what those two entries are, the time periods, and what they represent, please?
0: Yep. So the next two entries is going to be 714 13 to 722 19. It's going to be Paul Murdaugh's iPhone showing approximately 208 steps traveled during that time period. And the one below it's going to be 715.35 to 721.52. This is going to be from Alex's phone showing that approximately 200 steps were taken during that time frame. So we have 208 steps taken from Paul during his time frame, and then Alex's around 200 steps traveled.
4: And both those time periods for those steps for Alec and Paul are those generally roughly the same? Generally the same. That is correct. Um, 71844, what, if any, activity do you see?
0: Um, Alex Murdoch sends a text message to CB Rowe saying, Call me, please.
4: Going now to uh, page 9. At the top, uh, those two entries, explain those two entries to the jury.
0: So um, the first entry is going to be Paul Murdaugh's iPhone from 725.03 to 734.47, and it's showing 139 steps taken during that time period. It's an approximate Uh, 728.35 to 737.11 is going to be Alex Murdaugh's iPhone showing approximately 47 steps traveled during that time period.
4: All right, 7.30 p.m., we have another data point indicating Maggie's uh, trip home to Moselle. That is correct. <coughs> All right, we've got another map. Tell the jury what this one is, please. This map's just showing um,
0: that, you know, her phone was pinging at, starting at 7.30. Whose phone is this? This Again? is going to be uh, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul murdoch It's going to be in the right-hand corner. It's going to say Paul Murdaugh with the phone number on top. This is just showing where his phone was pinging on June 7, 2021, starting at 7.30 and then all the way to 8.40 p.m.
4: All right, we see uh, two cell towers there and then some arcs. Where do those arcs intersect?
0: The arcs intersect um, close to the property at Moselle Road.
4: And if you would, uh, just tell the jury uh, the earliest time that's reflected here and the latest time that's reflected here.
0: The earliest time reflected is going to be 7.30.05, and the latest time reflected is going to be 7.40.21 p.m. on June 7, 2021.
4: So Paul's uh, phone is at the Moselle location, according to the status? That is correct. All right. Bottom of page nine, uh, do we have any communications uh, between Maggie and Marion Proctor? We do. At
0: 7.31.13 p.m., we show a call from Maggie
4: and Marion at 7.39, which is the length of the call. Seven minutes and 39 seconds. That's correct. Does that include connection time as well? It does. Uh, Do we have any step data on Paul's phone in a time period around this time? Paul's phone shows between 7.35.10 and 7.41.43. It
0: shows roughly around 171 steps traveled during that time frame.
4: 7.37 and 7.38, do we see any uh, activity on Paul's phone with some of his friends? Paul receives a
0: Snapchat message from Michelle Beck, stating, uh, BC, I have short-term memory loss, and that was based off his phone extraction. And then um, Paul Murnau receives an iMessage from Megan Kimbrell stating, Paul.
4: All right, moving now to page 10. Um, Going to 739.55. Can you tell the jury what that data point uh, reflects on yours? Summary timeline.
0: So from earlier testimony, you've seen this um, this video. This is just a thumbnail picture, and this is when it's shown it was created in Paul's, Paul Murdoch's phone. And uh, we have a little screenshot of the creation time. It's gonna show 739.55 is when the, this thumbnail was created in Paul's phone.
4: And remind the jury what video that is. I'll say we, we got a thumbnail there, but yep. what video is that? This is gonna be
0: that Snapchat, Snapchat video that was sent to a few friends of the tree, you have Alex Murdaugh on the tree that's um, leaning over.
4: All right, and again, this this is when that video, at least the timestamp was its creation?
0: That's correct, based on previous testimony, yes. All right.
4: 741 to 748, uh, what if anything is reflected on Alex's phone? We, um, we show that
0: 29 steps were traveled on his phone Approximately between 741 and
4: 748. All right. And uh, just talked about the Snapchat video. Looking at this map, um, whose phone is this? And explain these data points to the jury, if you would, please. Or whose phone is this first, if you would, please.
0: So this is going to be Paul Murdaugh's iPhone. And below it, it's going to be his iPhone location data. So this is not going to be Verizon location. This is going to be location data directly off of his phone.
4: So this is GPS data that's more specific? That is correct. All right, and uh, we see a number of dots up here. What is this area up here generally um, sort of in the center of this image?
0: That's going to be um, the kennel area, and then there's that little house. The cabin? The cabin. All
4: right, and what time periods in that upper box do we see GPS data on Paul's phone uh, up there in the kennel cabin
0: area? We're seeing between uh, 745 and 754 is um, location data.
4: Is that, that 754 756 756 sorry it's RC. All right. and then we have two data points at the bottom mm-hmm. is that uh, where it's generally that on the property
0: that's going to be what mm-hmm. uh, previous testimony um, talked about like a dove field mm-hmm. it's going to be past the the main house closer to the godly farm roadside and that's going to be a data point at at um, 8 and 42 seconds
3: and 8
4: and 44 seconds. 8 p.m.? That's correct, right, 8 p.m., June 7th. Oh, darn it. And then down at the bottom of page 10, is there any step data on Paul's phone? Um,
0: there is. It shows approximately 89 steps traveled. What during what time eight, periods? Uh, 7.45 p.m.
4: to 7.55. Moving on to uh, page 11, uh, we have a map. Tell the jury what whose phone that is and uh, what that data point is, please. So
0: this is going to be Maggie Murdaugh's phone. This is going to be um, Verizon location data. And what we see here is the tower and then the arc of the tower. This is going to be in the Walterboro area. The time is... Uh, 7.50.03 p.m.
4: All right, and moving now, we're starting to see some references, and there's a little uh, battery symbol on the side. What does that represent?
0: So that's going to represent um, battery life. So right here, this is going to be at 7.52.28. It's going to show Paul Murdaugh's iPhone battery at 7%.
4: And in your review, generally of Paul's uh, cell phone data, was it uh, generally consistent for him to continue to use his phone even if he had a low battery life on it? That's correct. Right. And is that uh, also uh, consistent with the testimony from David Grubbs from yesterday? The, the previous Horton testimony, period? yes. All right. Below that, uh, 7.55 time period. We have two entries. Can you explain those two entries uh, to the jury and how they relate to each other, if anything?
0: So 755.44 to 805.28, we have Paul Murdaugh's iPhone showing approximately 262 steps traveled. And uh, a close time frame from 755.32 to 805.07, we show Alex's iPhone traveling approximately 270 steps during that time period.
4: And then at 756, what uh, what is reflected as it relates to that Snapchat video? This is when the Snapchat video
0: uh, referencing Alex Murdoch would have been sent through Paul's Snapchat account to his friends, based on previous testimony.
4: And it was created, you already testified to this, but it was created when? I believe Uh, 7.39.55. And it was sent out to his friends when? At 7.56 p.m. Moving on page... 12 at 757. Does one of his friends respond?
0: Um, yes, he receives a uh, Snapchat message from Brian Murdaugh. Nope, sorry. Stating, damn, man, needs some straps. Oh, it.
4: All right. Now we're moving into the uh, 8 p.m. hour on uh, June seventh, 2021. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, we have a map here. Uh, first of all, in the right corner, whose phone is this?
0: This is going to be Paul Murdaugh's phone. This is going to be his iPhone location data.
4: And starting up at the, uh, it's sort of the uh, top center, more to the right. Um, Where does that location generally?
0: That's going to be the um, little cabin on the property.
4: All right. And uh, what is the uh, data point? Uh, What's the time on that data point up there?
0: I believe it says 8.06.20 p.m.
4: And then we see the dots uh, sort of moving down, and in what direction are they generally moving?
0: That's moving towards the main house on the property.
4: All right, and then down at the bottom of the screen, at what time do we see that data point uh, stop at the main residence?
0: Uh, 8.14. Uh,
4: What's the first data point?
0: Uh, 8.08.45 and then 8.14.
4: Paul's at the main residence at what time?
0: First? 8.08.45 p.m.
4: All right, and just uh, on page uh, 13, we have some earlier data points. This, is this uh, map kind of out of order just a little bit? It is, so this is just
0: gonna be um, earlier data points at 805.14 and 804.45, just showing some um, location data from his iPhone.
4: All right. So that one should have gone before this one, the one at the bottom of page, sorry, page 12. That's correct. Uh, Which reflects, Paul, again, getting back to the main residence at what time?
0: 8.08.45 p.m.
4: Looking below, uh, again on page 13, uh, do we see uh, two entries uh, for Paul and Alex's phone? And if so, please explain to the jury what they
2: are.
0: So for Alex's phone, we show between 8.05 and 8.09. um, that His phone approximately took 54 steps, traveled during that time period. And then for Paul, we show 805.46 to 815.24. We show approximately 303 steps traveled during that time period.
4: Moving on to page 14, do we see that same map again of Paul's phone reflecting him arriving at uh, the residence at 808? 808, 808.45, correct. And then still pinging there at what time, at the bottom time? Uh, 8.14 p.m. Again, at 8.07, uh, what, if anything, do we see?
0: At 8.07.20, we see that Paul is sending um, Snapchats to a few friends. That's based off his Snapchat records.
4: All right, next entry is in purple, and then there's kind of a line going from that. Explain what that purple reference, that time period, references, and then the line. that travels down the side of your timeline. Explain to the jury what that's going to represent generally to the various phones as we go forward.
0: As we go forward, anytime you see in purple, that's going to represent Maggie Murdo's phone. And for this instant, it's going to represent on the left-hand side, the line going down. Anytime you see a line next to something, that means whatever it says on the left. So if it says device locked, it means the device was locked during those other time periods. So this is going to show from 8 8 to eight thirty one fifteen that Maggie's iPhone... Um, was locked. And as we move down, you can see it continue to the next page, that that means during those times it's locked.
4: All right, so we'll see multiple of those as you go forward, just explaining time periods where various devices were locked or other uh, things were going on.
0: That is correct.
4: All right, moving on to page 15. Uh, we have a map, um, explain to the jury uh, whose phone this is and what it represents.
0: This is going to be for CB Row, and this is a uh, overview map. You can see Augusta, the North Augusta area, and it's showing the sector and the, the tower that it's painting off of at 713.15 in the North Augusta, Augusta area.
4: you say 713 or 813? I'm sorry, 813.15. <clears throat> All
0: right.
4: So CB Row's phone is pinging over here, way over here in Augusta, is that right? That is correct. All right, moving to the next map, uh, whose phone is this? If you could tell whose phone this is and then what data points uh, you see on this particular map.
0: So this is going to be Paul Murdaugh's iPhone location data, so it's going to be separate from like Verizon location data. And this is showing at the area of the main house, bottom left, and the data starts at 814 and goes all the way to 835.07. 835,
4: Paul's phone is located where?
0: At the main house 4147 Moselle Road.
4: And down at the bottom of page 15, do we have any step reference for Paul? We do
0: from 81555 to 82145. Um, we're showing approximately 140 steps traveled.
4: All arrived back to the residence about 8.08, you testified, is that correct?
0: That is correct. At
4: 8.7.14, 8.17 and 14 seconds, what, if anything, do you see on Maggie's
0: phone? So it's um, highlighted purple in reference to Maggie. It's going to show that her phone ended at the connection to the Mercedes Benz, which is the MBUX95224. It shows that it's unplugged.
4: And what does that mean? What does that uh, reference mean as it relates to Maggie's phone and the Mercedes she was driving?
0: It means that she unplugged her phone
4: from from, from that vehicle. And the data generally reflects that she's at the residence at that point? That is correct.
1: Okay, so I'm jumping in here to wrap the episode. As you can tell, there's a lot going on. Are you still with me? I hope so. But I am going to end here on the point that at 8.17pm and 14 seconds Maggie arrived at Moselle and Paul arrived at 8.08pm. This is how granular we can get now using data when putting together a timeline. And from the data we know that Maggie was shot dead within the next 45 minutes of her arriving at Moselle. And I also know that Murdoch was not riding around Moselle with Paul for hours and hours given that Paul arrived there at 8.08pm. It's really important for you to hear these details for yourselves. The actual facts of the case triangulated through the cell phones, GPS data and phone records. And you can compare that with the story that Murdoch told Sled on the three occasions he was interviewed. And also the story Murdoch told at court. As the story does change a lot, the story the tech tells remains the same. Join me next week to continue going through the timeline minute by minute. Until then, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instincts. Here's my final thought and ask before the episode wraps. I really appreciate you listening to Crime Analyst, and if you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to me. It really helps others find me and my work, and it helps with the ratings too. Crime Analyst is written, produced, and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheesley at Abridged Audio –